This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What you been up to? I've been drinking water. Excellent. <laughs> okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> oh, more Marvel, more Bond, more Blaseball, more 2020. 2020? Yes. It's a story about American college football. Right. From the far future. And it's a story of... No. Okay. Um, is that what all the noises were coming no. from? No. No. Entirely unrelated. Oh. Oh. That was secret internet business. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, international secret. Yes. Internet business. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad that we could share that bonding moment together and mm-hmm. uh, find out a little bit more about each other. I have been uh, traipsing all around uh, the Hobart area with a an internet friend who is real. Um, <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, I know that at least some of these people are real. They have cameras and... Uh, look, who can say with these uh, deep fake things, you know? They could one, be... one, one of them's a, a virtual camera. Uh-huh. Good. Is he Batman? No. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, anyway, I've been traipsing around Hobart uh, uh, navigating whilst uh, my friend took photos of lots of churches. He's... Uh, doing a website where he's taking images of trying to get all of the places of worship in Tasmania and hmm. uh, and writing up a little uh, history of each one. And he's done over, I think it's 600 of them so far. And, uh, yeah. So a few then. Yeah. And uh, so I took some photos as well and, uh, yeah, helped navigate. He's actually from the north of the state and doesn't know this end terribly well. So it was a good day, really good day. And we, we got to see lots of interesting places and uh, happened to stumble upon some of those interesting places while people have been there and were willing to open up the place and and show the insides, So, which is a fairly rare occurrence, uh, even more so in this crazy old time. <laughs> Lots of churches that uh, possibly would be open during the day. Um, no, it's not happening. Uh, I'm, I'm from the south and I don't know particularly much about the north. For example, it always surprises me just how small Devonport is. Oh, don't, don't hate on Devonport. I love Devonport. You weren't necessarily hating on it. No, I was just saying it was. It was it's small. always smaller than you expect. It, it, it is. It is. You you uh, 
drive into Devonport, and if you blink, you're actually heading out of Devonport. Probably towards Burnie. Yes. So, that's what we've been up to. Um, we hope our dear listener has uh, been up to really exciting things and that uh, you're all safe and well uh, in these crazy times. And for those listening in uh, two or three years' time, let's hope it's not quite so crazy. Let's move on. Uh, we have a movie to watch. We do. Yes. What are we watching today, Thomas? I can't tell you. The The, the, the case is too hot. It's... It's, <gasps> it's burning up. Mm. It's, it's Fahrenheit 451. It is indeed. Based on a Ray Bradbury book, directed by Francois Truffaut. Mm-hmm. And I did mention last week that I believed that it was the first English film that the French director directed. Um, and I was correct. It does say that on the back. Yes. It does, right. Okay. Um, it, it goes a little deeper than that. It is also the last English right. film that he directed. Uh, some sources suggest that he because he... Spoke very, very little English. He found it quite a difficult task and so went back to directing French films. Right. So there we go. What else can you tell us that is written on the blurb on the back of the case? Case. Well, case. well. The case. Be- before we even get to the blurb, what I can tell you is this is an old copy. This is back 2003 times copy. It is indeed. Um. um. And uh, we're not even uh, winding up the surround sound today. No, it's 2.0 mono. Indeed. So I think we shall live with what the television spits out at us, which does a reasonable job Uh, anyway. So The price sticker. Yes. uh, With red big W text in (laughs) not... Big W font uh, reads eight eighty three, which is an interesting price point. It to... does give you some indication as to how long this has been sitting on the shelf. It's been a while since uh, Big W had such crazy price points, but uh, yes. <laughs> on the other hand, it has a not so generic the seal must be intact for all return sticker, which is. A lie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that old chestnut. Anyway, um, I made sure that that sticker remained on there just to make the next task of yours just that little bit more exciting. Fortunately, it doesn't cover any of the blurb. Oh, I didn't mean that bit. (laughs) I was getting ahead of myself there. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thomas, would you please tell us? Uh... Before I get to the plot bit, it does note yes. that Julie Christie stars in the challenging dual role of the lead male's pleasure-seeking conformist wife, Linda, and his rebellious book-collecting mistress, Clarice. Oh, wow. So That's bizarre. So that'll be interesting. Oh, I wish you'd held that back and asked me at the end whether I'd pick that up. I'm going to read the plot. You read that plot. Montague. Montag? 
Montag sounds sounds like. Or Doug yeah. to his friends. Mm. Uh, played by Oscar Werner. Werner? Probably Werner. Mm. Mm. A regimented fireman in charge of burning the forbidden volumes meets a revolutionary schoolteacher who dares to read. Suddenly, he finds himself a hunted fugitive, forced to choose not only between two women, but between personal safety and intellectual freedom. Is that it? Uh, it says it's an eerie fable where mankind becomes the ultimate evil. Well, that, that was the bit that I just felt was missing mm. in the uh, plot synopsis. I just, you, you left me hanging, and, and that gives us the conclusion. Thank you. Is that a conclusion? I don't know. Um, <laughs> speaking of conclusions, let's get just a little bit closer to the conclusion by uh, unsealing the the disc, which is now where he realises what I was talking about with leaving the sticker on, just making that a little bit more difficult to unwrap the still under wraps. Um. I'm actually DVD. going to try my hardest to leave the sticker <coughs> intact. No, Thomas, don't use your teeth. No. No. I'm not using my teeth. <laughs> what are these lies and fabrications? You re- really don't have to st- save that sticker. You re- <laughs> Take that. The seal is intact. I can return all I please. I could anyway, but I can return all I please. <laughs> so so you'd plonk the opened case onto the counter and say, I want my money back. And you'd say, well, the sticker's meant to be intact. Well, it is. Here it is and plonks the sticker in. Good. This seal must be intact for all returns. Excellent. And it is. Good. Um, Thomas had... <laughs> He's broken the seal. Just wanted to see if I could. Oh, are you enjoying that noise, people? Good. Okay, Thomas is going to put that well away from him. He's going to open the case. Going to take the disc out. He's going to pop that disc right into the machine. He's going to pop that disc right into the machine. Okay. Um, We're going to watch it. We're going to decide whether Francois Truffaut, the famous French director's only English-speaking film, is worth staying on the shelf. And we're going to catch you on the flip side. Turn to volume two. Non, 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 non. So what did you think? I didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> where, where it wasn't muddled, it it plodded along at a, a a very, very slow pace, 
and it just it didn't it didn't work for me at all. No, it was a struggle. I I have certainly watched many many Twilight Zone episodes and they were traditionally I think about half an hour long and usually had uh, some some kind of twist end that felt like a really long stretched out Twilight Zone episode um, the, the deceit of the, the premise um, it just didn't hold up a over 90 minute long movie it was a struggle and a slog and I could well and truly get what they were implying uh, and you know the 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 whole what if you know books were contraband and and uh, um but it it was just slathered on so thickly if this had been for just about anything else i i'd have been out of here before the first half hour had I, I did ask you whether it was, a, a, and I think it's possibly the first time I've, I've actually straight out asked you whether you want to wave the, the white flag, and you, you did very bravely stick through it, but ultimately I don't think it was worth it. No. Um, Ray Bradbury is a, an incredible writer. I confess I have not read the source material. I've read a number of his uh, stories. I don't know what he would have thought of this. I don't think he would have been very impressed at all. Um, that, that's my, my gut feeling. And I've seen some of the director's other films in, in French, and, and he does have a quirky uh, directoral style that was very much in this and it did not transfer well into this there were aspects of it the way things were shot and the the sudden bits of humor that were just mm. sort of jammed in there that almost to to shock you and and, and knock you about a bit uh, were you were you looking up ray bradbury and his reaction i, no. I, I there's a one paragraph in the wikipedia article mm-hmm um, Ray Bradbury found the film flawed, but was pleased with it. Okay. Um, he he liked the very end, especially. But um, I think if that was the way that the uh, that his book ended, that was done quite well. It is it is still a case of some books don't translate well into being put onto film uh something that you're comfortable with reading when you've actually got to present it just doesn't work i i felt the ending work but again it was slopped on very thickly uh especially the introduction of every single um character thomas is shaking his head um it is not staying on the shelf i i am Glad that I have seen it. Enough so that it has made me guilty enough to want to track down the the story that it's based on and actually read it. Um, Because I suspect that 
Um, there are a lot of nuances in Ray Bradbury's writing that um, just just weren't present in that movie. Okay. So the very start of the film, the opening credits are entirely spoken. There that was is brilliant. There is no text, none at all, and I think if you if you take that as being the style of this universe, yep, that's all right. Yes. In 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 a world where there is no written text, yeah, of course that would be how credits mm. would occur, and that's all that I can find uh, from. And, and that was per- perhaps his biggest downfall in that I, I thought I, I knew the the rough premise of the of the story, and to do that. Um, instantly ah that is clever but Mm. then to have another hour and a half of you know this is what this world is like you know Mm. this is what this world is like this is what this world is like all right we get it Mm. it just yeah it didn't and the film spends way too long on just things that could be done in a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, uh, he starts reading and he continues reading <laughs> and we follow his finger, finger as he gets to the end of a line yep. and pauses and then makes his way back and starts reading all all in a very mono- monotonous voice. Yeah. And then he goes back to the start of the line. Yep. And then... And so, and we make our way very slowly through this whole paragraph before we move on to anything else. Yeah. And it isn't advancing anything. No. No. In, in, in the whole first half of the film, much of it isn't advancing anything. And... Ah. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is very much uh, when you um, constantly came to me that uh, how brilliant some of the shorthand in um, some of the finer episodes of the Twilight Zone were, in that absolutely nothing would have been lost. Uh, and in fact, things would have been gained if that had been a half-hour Twilight Zone episode. Uh, it could well have been if one of the the really good directors of Twi- uh, the Twilight Zone um, had got their hands on this. Um, I, I think they could have nailed it really, really well. Um, but uh, yeah, because uh, there there are certain episodes where. It's an alternate world, uh, you know, uh, um, an alternate reality. Mm. Um, something is just slightly quirky that, that's completely different to to how it is. Um, but that's established really early on. Um, you see how people live with it, and then you get the, the resolution. But 
the number one most baffling <laughs> choice in this whole film. Okay, so we have this I know playground. Which one it is, yes. We have this playground and we have firemen, people who are looking for books in order to burn them, going around. Oh, the captain finds a little book on a baby and says, Oh no, no, you you bad baby. And then Montag comes up to this man. Montag is the main mm. protagonist. Comes up to this man and searches him and and a, a black screen comes across to about halfway and nothing comes of this. The black screen goes away and we move on to the next scene. Mm. What? <laughs> Why? Yeah. And, and there, there were a number of also inexplicable um, cuts to black. This visual of half the screen being filled in black doesn't come up anywhere, anywhere else, else in the film. No. There is no meaning behind it. It is tension? <laughs> tension, with air quotes, <laughs> where there is no tension. Or... And it never comes up again. Or they only shot one take of that scene and... The director thought, yep, that's fine. It's a wrap. And when they went to the editing room, one of the kids in the background used a rude finger gesture on the left-hand side of the screen. So they just blacked the... <laughs> so go with me on this journey. You cut the whole scene. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> the scene is pointless. Yeah, yeah. The scene advances nothing. You, you, The only reason you actually have that scene is for the baby with a tiny book joke. Yes. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else of value in this scene. No. No. I, it, yeah. It's a, a very, very flawed film. Uh, in in my uh, completely unprofessional, um, unlearned opinion, it's a very flawed film. And then we realised that we'd sort of trailed off and decided to move on. So let's move on. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. We've got a lot of suggestions. Gotta get through them now. Or at least some of them. We've gotta work that out. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. Alrighty. So we have uh, 54, I believe, mm -hmm. films to pick from today and we're going to choose seven seven, seven of them Alrighty. so uh would you be so kind as to roll the randomizing random randomometer powered by random.org's random integer set generator number one is that number one number one that is number one number one. Oh, that happened last week Mm. Blair Hi Blair Suggests Bridge to Terabithia Oh, a very, very smart guess there, Blair Thank you for, for guessing that one uh, Fortunately, I have seen it And I have seen it And it is on the shelf On DVD And I'm, I don't think it gets a, a multiplier No, no. But Blair, I think that puts Blair on the list now, doesn't it? I assume the, so. I don't think Blair had put... Yes, that is Blair's first score. Well done. 
excellent. A very admirable three points there. Alrighty, so next. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Suggests Monsters, Inc., which also scores three points for the same reasons. Yes. Well done, Jeff. And number nine, also Jeff. Hi, Jeff again. Suggests the Mighty Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Now, this is a bit tricky, this one. You have put in the (laughs) notes next to the reasoning, champions, the Mighty Ducks are the champions, the animated series, and Disney Plus TV series reboots. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad I put those notes to remind mm. me of things. Those are... That's that's all there is. Good. There's, there's no further context to this Excellent. note. Excellent. Uh, See, I, I write these points. notes to remind me of things. Um, yes. It scores three points. Okay. The explanation is, I believe that in the US, it goes... Here we go. I have the go. Wikipedia page. Okay, good. The Mighty Ducks, also known as D1... The Mighty Ducks, because I believe further films had D2, D2 and D3. D3. Yes. Is a 1992 American sports comedy drama film about a youth league hockey team. Uh, it was the first film in yes. the series. In some countries, the film was print- released with the title Champions, while home release copies were printed with the title The Mighty Ducks Are the Champions <laughs> to avoid confusion with the sequel, which is called D2, The Mighty Ducks. Right, okay. Well, in Australia, it was called The Champions, and it caused some confusion, um, yes, when I went and purchased it. It's on the shelf, Jeff. Anyway, we've (laughs) seen it. Quack, 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 quack. The film should not be confused with the animated series, which is... Loosely inspired by the Mighty Ducks films and by the National <laughs> Hockey League team, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, which is about anthropomorphic hockey playing ducks, because of, of course, of course. Um, and you've said something here about a Disney Plus series reboot. Ah, yes, yes, I believe they were considering uh, it, mm. but maybe they're not anymore. But the series is on Disney Plus, but I don't know about a yeah. A I think reboot. it may have been like a not a movie reboot, but a a series reboot from recollection. All that being said, three points. Well done, Jeff. Uh, number twenty three, also Jeff. <laughs> okay, Jeff is on a roll. The Rocketeer. <laughs> uh, base score. Also three points. Three points. And no higher than that. No, no. No multiplier for that. At number 25, Jeff. Oh. Hi, M. Suggests the Disney film Hercules. Oh. Which is one of the rare zero-point scoring Mm. Disney films. Oh, I'm sorry, M. Right. Uh, number 41, Faye. Hi, Faye. Suggests Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, Faye. I feel really bad about this. It's zero points. Zero points. I have not. 
I think I've mentioned this uh, a number of times, uh, my track record of uh, actually watching Australian films is shamefully poor. And I don't know what else to say other than no points to pay. <laughs> and finally. Finally. Number 50, Jeff. Hi, again. Jeff. Whoa. Big episode for Jeff. It is. Jeff suggests Back to the Future Part 3, which scores three <laughs> points. <laughs> finally, Back to the Future has been uh, wiped off the board. Uh, yes. <laughs> that, that mighty three points with no multiplier. Oh, My, dear. Jeff, Jeff uh, really caused... A... Oh, dear. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Do we have an upset? We have an upset. Uh, apart from... Uh, apart from the cat. The cat. Who keeps going in the same two places that he is not allowed to go under any circumstances. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... We do have an upset. <laughs> we do indeed. <laughs> no! Yes, stay up there. You stay up there. Okay? Okay, I shall sit comfortably and then the cat returns. (laughs) 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 Okay. I sit back up again. Okay. Okay. What has happened to the leaderboard? Well, Mm -hmm. in fifth place... Yes. At the moment yes. is Dan. Dan. Hi, Dan. Fifth place. On 23.5. That is a very noble place, Dan. In fourth place, quite a ways higher up, Helen is on 58.2. Helen, 58.2. Well done. M is in third, just a little ways above that, on 59.5. Good on you, M. In the top two slots yes. are Jeff and Lee, in some order, <laughs> with scores of 68.2 and 66.8. Yes. Your new leader is Jeff. Whoa! Jeff! Jeff, you've taken the lead. Oh, that, that has caused ripples in the space-time continuum. That has caused uh, confusion and delays and... And the fat controller is... Oh, you can't say that anymore, can you? What's he called now? Dunno. He's not the fat controller, he's the... I dunno. (laughs) Anyway. I don't watch the show. You used to. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. Jeff, well done. Um, Mm. For for who knows how long. It, it, It is a very close gap... But I am sure that Lee will be regretting wasting some of his recent... uh, Yes. Yes, that self-defeating behaviour that was. But there is still chance. There is still hope. And if if I briefly 
look over what remains. Oh no, don't do that. No not, spoilers. I'm not sure Lee currently has a lot of points coming towards him. <gasps> oh, Lee. Come on. And there, Jeff, there, are, there are how many episodes left? There are seven episodes okay. left. You, you've got to make those seven count. And, <laughs> and we know there, there are ways of doing that. By guessing films that we're likely to have for the low-hanging fruit. Or taking the risk and getting the whopper multipliers. Realistically, I think anyone in the top four could win out this season. Yes. Yes. So, you've got to be in it to win it. Make those votes count. (laughs) Vote. Yes. (laughs) Vote. It's a month. Did you know the US election is less than a month away? Oh, don't, don't. I don't want to think about it. The ripples. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, let's... Let's move on. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. Five database entries representing seven remaining episodes. Okay. Thomas, would you be so kind as to shake the phone? Okay. Still no homework. Still no homework. From 2010, it's the way back. Thomas, would you be so kind as to inform our dear listener uh, what it says on the back cover of The Way Back? I've, I've thrown myself off entirely. It's the cat and the film and yes, everything. He's, just... he's out of sorts. Mm. He really is. Okay. With a nighttime blizzard as cover, seven prisoners caught up in Stalin's reign of terror escape a Soviet gulag in 1940. With little food or equipment and no certainty of their location or intended direction, they embark on a journey that will present unimaginable hardship and drama. Joined by a 14-year-old orphan girl, they struggle through a treacherous journey that will take them across Siberia, the Gobi Desert, and over the Himalayas, thousands of miles of hostile terrain en route to India and freedom. Now, is this based on a true story? Dunno. Doesn't say. Fair enough. (laughs) This this episode's really... petered out after that movie hasn't it <laughs> so uh, next week we <laughs> it's okay I've, I've got things to look forward to in the morning there's there's more 2020 there's I've, I've still got the rest of that baseball paper to write I, I, I'm I, going to go donate plasma if they let me in because of the huge cat scratch that I've now got on my hand. Um. <laughs> I, I sort, sort of hit a wall on the paper because I've got a lot of data that I now need to represent somehow. 
and and people have asked me to do more data on top of the data that I've already done and and it's fine I probably should have done this data in the first you place you really should have <laughs> hey and then I've got so many other projects that are currently on the back burner that I need to get to and And none of it's important in any way. It's important to me, that's what matters. I see you've been practicing the tiny violin. Yeah, we're just... We're just gonna... Tiny violin our way out to the... The end of the episode. He's 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 busy with the violin. Um, I I do hope that you come join us next week for something that's less whatever this was. Um, and until then, bye for now. synth guitar fades up yeah as and then I find some something to tack onto the end that was vaguely amusing that I've cut out from somewhere else in the episode you have been listening to Still Under Wraps your hosts were Colin who produces and edits the show and Thomas who makes the artwork and music Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. find some something to tack onto the end that was vaguely amusing that I've cut out from somewhere else in the episode. That is generally how this format works. It is. Yeah. I think you can hit stop now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we're in the deranged... Cat studio and the deranged cat is being really deranged at the moment. Um, uh, oops, sorry. Thomas is getting most frustrated with the deranged cat, um, <laughs> who is doing everything he can to uh, disrupt today's podcast, as is his job. So, 
Um, yeah, sorry, M. No Hercules. Have you made up lots of things that you've done this week? I've I've sort of done less in <laughs> in the past week than I did the week before. But oh, quick, quick, make up some things. But no, it's, well, I didn't make up any things the last week. <laughs> okay, those were all things that actually happened. Ah, <laughs> that's what he says. <clears throat> Are you ready? Are there any long words that I need to help you with? No. Okay. 